Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Man show here at House Representative Tennessee, my man, the Tennessee Democratic Caucus Chef of the House, representing my district, 54, the best one in the state, Vincent <laughs> Dixon. What's up? How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? You know, it's, it's session is over with, so it was just a good time for us to come on, debrief, see what, how things went. Let's talk about some of the good things, some of the bad things, and so that's why I'm dressed down. I'm, I'm in my in my, my fatigues today because I feel like I've been to war. So and I always got to stay war ready because we're just now beginning. So this summer is going to really, we really have to do some work. We really have to do some work. Question about that, Vincent. Tell me for your point of view, how did session go? I know from my point of view, it went kind of to, to, to the right in, 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 in the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really went to the right, to be honest. Uh, It'd be, you know, there's no play on words, but it was, uh, it was frustrating. You know, this, we could have done some really good things here in Tennessee for people. We have more, we're more flush with cash than probably any other state in the union and, and probably any other time that we've ever been. We have so much money. We have a, almost $6 billion in reserves and we still have another three to $4 billion coming from the federal government that needs to be spent. And we missed the mark, man. We did nothing to help people put more money in their pockets. We did nothing to help them put more food on their table. We did nothing to make sure that if they get sick, they can go see a doctor. Instead, these Republicans that were in power, they focused on transgender bills, voter suppression, protester bills, you know, things of that nature that it's going to, and they even created a new court. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, to, to really, to try to really, to create the ultimate voter suppression, right? Um, so it, it's it's like, what are they? What are the people in power really doing to help the average person's life? And it, and the answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know what's it, what is it going to take for people to wake up and realize, you know, I, I need my life to be better in some kind of way. I can be living better right now. I, I want the world to be a better place. But there's something that's holding people back that's keeping this division. And I and I think. It's, it's to me, it's blatant. You know, it's just obvious to me what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's right. Ra- it's racial. It's, it's it's very racial, and it's that old trick from the Jim Crow South, man. That you know, the poorest white's brother and the richest black. It's because I'm white. That white supremacy, white white privilege. And Tennessee, Vincent, in my eyes, is going backwards this session. 
Like, I feel like it's backtracking. Like, we're not moving forward. We're, we're going backwards. And these laws are going backwards because if, if you look at it, if you expand Medicaid, that's $1.4 billion in Tennessee's pockets from the federal government. That they're really going to, they ain't got they cover 90% of it. Like, and you're mm-hmm. going to turn that down and you got rural hospitals in McKenzie and all of a sudden it's closing down. Mm-hmm. But then you all wanna... over the Kimberly Plateau, people they're caught. You know what? We have 12, 13 hospitals closed down over the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's what it is. It's the people who live in these rural areas, they're gonna have to wake up and then like, is this the representation that we really want? Is mm-hmm. this helping us think about it? Hospitals in those rural areas, not only do they provide a critical service to the to their to their residents, but it's also probably one of the biggest economic drivers in their area. Yes. Now that you don't, people lose a lot of jobs. There's the tax bases going down. That means your schools are going to suffer. I mean, everything has that. Your the services that you receive from your city is going to suffer because that money is not going to flow through to the state because you don't have that tax base there. Um, but so people have to wake up and say, "Listen, or am I being represented to the best with my my best interest at heart?" And the answer is no. And, you know, we've seen these, I know, I, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It's just like it's a cultural war has, has really dominated politics. Now, politics is not even about politics anymore. It's about culture. It's about race. And we're, we're moving back. When you say we took going backwards, yeah, we didn't even take two steps back. We took like 10 steps back, right? And it's like these are Jim, these are Jim, Jim Crow laws dressed up in a suit. That's all they are. And so, you know, people not, may not like what I have to say, but it's the truth. And, you know, we're going to have to look deep in ourselves. Like, the only way things are going to change in this, in this country is people have to change their hearts. Um, because, and I don't know what it's going to take for you to, to do that. Because here, every, every day before we go into chamber, we say a prayer. We pray. We pray. And then as soon as we finish praying, we do some of the most evil shit known to man. Yes, and so and it, and it bothers me because it's not we don't practice what we preach. And my daughter always tells me she is like, uh, "Practice what you preach, or change your speech." And I was like, "You know what? That, I'm gonna have to use that sometimes." Because she says that to me all the time. Because I'm always like, "Just do as I say, <laughs> not as <Yeah>. I do." <laughs> but we can't do that. So she's like, "You got to practice what you preach, or change your speech." And and we have these these people that are in power here that are here for ulterior motives, you know, and it's like, they want to be judges. They want to be U.S. senators. They want to be the next governor. Instead of just focusing on the job right here that we all have this task of making everyone's lives better. And right now we're not doing it for everybody. We have these special interests that we're dealing with. And we got to wake up. Just wake up. And you Spike Lee, wake up. Exactly. And what's even more troubling is this, that they cut unemployment benefits down for 12 weeks but want to give yourself a raise and thankfully you know I, I saw people who voted against it thank god you know you was one of them who voted against it it's like come on now how you gonna cut people's benefits but give yourself a raise in the same time how evil and cruel is that during a pandemic you left that part out yes during the pandemic you know where people have already lost jobs right so people are depending on uh uh this unemployment to help bridge that gap until they can find somewhere. So we went from 26 weeks to 12 weeks. That's less than half, right? Less than half. And we only re- increasing the amount, uh, $25. It's been at $275 since 1980, right? 1980. So 
the argument is like people are not finding they're making more on unemployment than they are uh, if they were to get a job. That's $1,100, make $1,200 if you add the $25 in there, $1,200 a month. First of all, you know, and I know you can't live in Nashville for that kind of money. Sure now, maybe in East Tennessee, you can, but that's, in, that's the inherent problem. If you're making more on unemployment than you were working, that's a problem. That is a problem. And so, and when they were saying, well, we have all these jobs that people are available, they can get to these jobs and we have, to, well, a lot of the jobs may be here in Tennessee and then there's, there's a lot of them are unfilled. So you ask for somebody to move from Blount County to Nashville and they're still taking a job that makes $10 an hour and they still can't live in Nashville, right? So you want them to uproot their family and move them. That's not going to work. And we do have a lot of jobs that are available. Guess what? People aren't, don't have the skills to fulfill them. So that, what that tells me is we have a workforce development problem. Yes. So how do we get the people trained to fill these jobs? And then some of the jobs, if you go on the, click on the Tennessee thing, they, I clicked on one the other day. The first one I just happened to click, click on, pizza delivery driver. Mm. How, how's a, an, a grown man going to support a family being a pizza delivery delivery driver and nothing's wrong with that nothing's wrong with that as a side hustle or to make ends meet or to have a family you, know, you can't live off that. right you know and so let's be real here we need to get people in these careers you know we got to get them into these technical careers there's a lot of things that we can do um everything you know we we have a lot of opportunities here and instead of us getting it right we missed the mark missed the mark with the governor's budget his you know there's always people always say our budget is a moral document right that's a moral document it shows you what you really care about what's important to you we did nothing to add more money to education we did nothing in order for health care you know we did nothing for child care and so like what what are we really doing here but we put a lot of money toward imprisoning people um doing a truth and sentencing that bill hadn't even passed yet and he's already put 24 million dollars aside just to incarcerate more individuals so mm -hmm. where are your parties so you dress up oh, I'm, I'm all about criminal justice reform but you're not really about criminal justice reform we passed a bill that where you can uh get expungements if it's a I think it's C, D, and E felonies and misdemeanors, but it was supposed to be A and B. Actually, this was my bill that I had last year. They took it from me, and it's called we, what we affectionately call is bill jacking around here. They will jack your bill. You heard jacking for beats? Yes. Jacking for bill. <laughs> I believe you. They would do it. They would so, jack your bill. I got you. So, so one of the things that my thing was that if you know if you if you had a, a misdemeanor, you should be able to get expunged after one year. And, you know, after you complete your sentence, probation, whatever, you should be able to get it. You wait one extra year, you get it expunged. C, D, and E, three years after, in A, B, five years. Well, they passed the one where it's five, 10, and 15 years. So if you have a misdemeanor, which at the most in Tennessee is punishable by 11 months and 29 days. So you can complete your sentence. You still have to wait another five years before you can get that expunged. So <clears throat> some minor mistake you made you got to wait six years to get it expunged. Things like that hold you back from getting a, a well-paying job. So that, that's, that's just one example of how they, they window dress. Like, oh, yeah, we're all about criminal justice reform. But are you really? You're not really. You, it's, just, it's just lip service. Exactly. You got to look deeper. Exactly. And like, I'll give you an example. Like, I know people who work for the state of Tennessee. 
Department of Human Services, and they would have the same salary as somebody in Roan County would or up there. <laughs> Come mm. on, man. You know, you can't the same bills, job for Carroll County as you in Davidson County as a Medicaid eligibility counselor. Now, because the cost of living is different. And so, the state of Tennessee, having that blanket salary, it harms. Because if you live in Memphis, Nashville, Jackson, Clarksville, Murfreesboro, Knoxville, Johnson City, up there in Tri Cities area, you're going to have a little bit more income cost of living. In. But Putnam and Davidson doesn't even compare. And But yeah. all the, the salaries are the same. So, that's for me, the state's mm -hmm. job, even for the state of Tennessee jobs, it's an issue because mm -hmm. they base them on the same thing, not factoring in the town that county they live in. Mm -hmm. One thing you touched on uh, that I want to go back to that. You know, Republicans always tout this thing. We want smaller government. You know, we want to have local control. It's all about that. Everything that we passed this year was more. We Overreach. put more government. We put more government into into that and our, and more state government now. And 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 and, 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 and I hate to just keep harping on this, but it's the leadership. Maybe leadership. Who's in charge matters. And I, I don't. I don't think people understand that. You know, we got to get over this. Black, every black person is carrying a gun, and so I'm afraid of them. We got to get rid of all that, you know, these inherent biases that we have, man, that we got to get over. Like, Democrats don't want to take your gun. That's a false narrative. We just want you to be safe. I guarantee you, here in Tennessee, now this is Tennessee. Damn near everybody has a gun. Everybody likes to hunt, do something in Tennessee. Yes. So there's a high percentage of Democrats that have guns, even the most bougie suit and tie up buttoned up all the way has probably some kind of hunting guns or shotguns or a, a handgun now we don't we want everybody to have their guns we believe that that is we we believe in the second amendment right but we just want to make sure that people who have them are trained and that know how to store them responsibly that's exactly. all that's all we just want some basic minimum requirements of of, of what it takes to own a gun and how to be trained on them. but nobody we don't want your gun hey what are we gonna do with them Exactly. They don't want you done. Exactly. And Vince, like I said, man, you know, Republicans are talking about small government. Only when it affects the people is small government. Mm -hmm. But when it benefits them for its vote special laws, it's packing the courts or giving themselves a raises or taking putting more black people in jail, it's big government's okay. Or I get up in Georgia. You know, in Georgia, you cannot rename a street without going to the state of Georgia, do it. Can't rename a street. Mm -hmm. They have to test local that's that's that overreach or asset control. They wow. Yeah, right. you can't get to go to the state of Georgia to rename a street. It's already been named. Because in Augusta, right. Georgia, the street named after John C. Calhoun. <laughs> you right. can't change it. Yeah. It it's, it's, yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, when you talk about this, this government overreach and we talk about um, the election, what they call election reform. You know, we passed these bills in here to, to I guess they're called strengthening the laws. And I asked, I just simply asked, like, what issues did we have here in Tennessee? None. So why do we need this? Do you, you said just out of your mouth just a couple months ago, we have one of the best election processes in the country. So why are we continuing to do this? It's only one reason. It's because now we have more black and brown people coming out to vote than ever. Now something must be wrong with the system. Yes. Because we, they, it, it must be too easy to let other people to people vote. And, you know, if you can want to say drop boxes, there's still, there was no cases of fraud. I was watching something the other day that said 
you know, they're getting ready to try to, with Liz Cheney, to remove her from her, her, her uh, leadership post in the, the GOP. And they said that 70% of the Republicans in, in Washington feel that the election was rigged. It was not fair. 70%, which is amazing to me because this same election got them elected. So do they not feel like their election wasn't right? Too. So, I mean, you know, let's go back and do it all over again. Um, but I, I just, it amazes me. It's like, instead of us trying to come together and really make this world a better place, it seems like we have more interested in being divided. We born, we're going back, man. I just feel like there's going to be a reckoning soon here because we can't continue down this path. And, you know, and, and Black and Brown people, especially, I'm going to speak for Black people. Black people are probably some of the most forgiving people. Yes, but you can only push us so far, and I feel like we're we're sitting at a, a we're sitting on a powder keg here, and us we as leaders, it's up to us to defuse this. And if we're not willing to work together, and I talked to my Republican counterparts here, and I said, listen, I think we did a better job of talking about facts and not getting personal here this past year, but I don't feel like we were partners. And we're supposed to be partners in making this world a better place, especially making Tennessee a better place. I said, like, when they, throughout the budget process, normally we should have some input on this, you know, as far as Democrats and, and Republicans. I understand they're in control, but everybody's not a Republican in the state. You know, you govern for all, not just your, your interest groups. And you have to do a better, we have to do a better job of communicating with each other with each other and, 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 and talking to each other and really finding solutions that's where we put money for other people because you can't put money where you think it think, think it goes and, and it's not really where it's needed. You know, if like, if I, like even with the school systems, right? We might think, oh man, this school needs uh, a new roof and, and new paint. And they'd be like, well, no, we don't really need new roof and new paint. We're good with that. But what we do need is two additional teachers, you know, because, if you don't talk to the principal, then you don't know what the true need is. You're just going off of what you think, you know? So we have to do better. We have to do better. And like you said, Vincent, Tennessee is number 46 in the nation for its funding for schools. Number 46. Man, we're behind Alabama, Mississippi. I mean, we're it's like we're in a race to the bottom. And it's like every day we find a new bottom to, to, to land on. And it's just ridiculous, you know? And it's like, well, what are we going to do? When are we going to wake up? A lot of them expanded Medicaid. They're, 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 and we missed, the, we missed the mark on medical marijuana as well this year. Uh-huh. And we had an opportunity to, to basically test it out to see how it was going to work. Because there's a lot of people here. Um, there was a, a, a young man that came to testify. His name was T.J. Ramsey and his mom, Mrs. Mrs. Ramsey, came to testify about him. He has uh, epilepsy. And... Uh, really bad you know but the thing was this is what helps calm him down this is what helps him get through the day it helps it's a solution for that family but so now this person miss rams the ramses they now become criminals because they have to go get this from alabama kentucky arkansas and, and then as soon as they cross the state line they're 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 criminals now we just criminalized a good law-abiding citizen just because they had they found a solution that works for their child. 
right? And I'm not saying that we need to open it up for everybody at this particular time, but we can do in increments. Let's see how this works. Let's see how the medical marijuana works. Let's get that going. Let's, let's move. And I think we saw an appetite for it because in the committee, the vote was eight to nine. It, it only it, it failed by one vote. But that let me know that we were on the right track because they hurry up. They hurried up, reopened committees to pass a very much watered down um, version of medical marijuana, which really did nothing at all. But it, it was to say, look, we passed something, but it, there's something was nothing. So we, we missed the mark here, man. We did nothing to help people out, man, especially during this pandemic. And if nothing, we saw how insurance should be tied to a job. How many people lost their jobs during this pandemic that went and I think that the, the, the rising cost of health care because, you know, so we need to have some basic minimum level of health care for everybody. I don't, you know, I don't know why socialism is such a bad word. The ultimate socialist was Jesus Christ. And we go pray to him every day to God every day um, exactly. before we start this. And I, how hard is to just want to make sure that everybody has some basic level of comfort? And pastors, and pastors called the session heartless. Pastor said it was heartless. And you know, like you said, Vincent, these conservative evangelicals go to church every Sunday, hold mm -hmm. Jesus in his high regard, but don't read what Jesus was for. So how are you against what Jesus was for? That's always mm -hmm. been an issue for me, Vincent, because I'm like, how do you spew this nonsense, but, but you love Jesus, but you're against everything he, he stood for? He understands for your conservative policies to take away people's ability to have food on their table, have a, a livable wage, have health care. Jesus wouldn't die anybody in insurance. He wouldn't do that. You know, mm -hmm. but you say you love him so. <laughs> you know, and the Bible tells me so. What Bible are you reading? I want to know which one you're reading. Because the one you're reading don't, don't, doesn't square up mm -hmm. with the one you're telling me about. Yeah, so one of the things I was watching something um, actually last night about the governor. He was on a PBS, not the governor. The Speaker of the House was on PBS and he was talking about, oh, we did expand. We did a lot of stuff for healthcare, And he went and he said something about mental health. Um, it was mental health, uh, behavioral health. Um, it was something else that he said, but it was nothing about if people get sick to go see the doctor. Then when people think of healthcare, that's what they think. Yes, we mental health is huge. And our ACEs, we know that those are big big issues, right? We know that the ACEs, you know, adverse childhood, uh, adverse childhood experiences. That's what it was. I have to think about it. My wife would get on me if she knew that I forgot that by her being a teacher. Um, but, you know, those are great things, right? But that's in addition to, we still have to make sure that if somebody cuts their arm and they can't go to the doctor and it, can, and it gets infected and then they, they have to cut off their arm because they just can't go see a doctor, Okay, that's great. But I mean, you're not doing anything for those people too. But we have to do it all. It's not a, like an either or. It's an and type thing. We got to do it all for everyone. Yeah, mental health is very important, you know, especially in the Black community. You know, that's one thing that we just do not, uh, it's, it's very stigmatized. Oh, you know, yes. we got to understand it's okay to ask for help because, you know, that's why we see, you know, people stroking out and having heart attacks because we try to deal with the way that we, we, you know, our grandparents dealt with. We just keep it all in. And okay. you got to go talk to somebody, man. Get that out of it. You know, I want you to be here. I want you to live. I want you to be happy, you know. So you got to work on that. And, you know, Vincent, like you said, man, like it's all about coming together and being righteous, man. You know, not just being about money and power and politics and just partisanship because you, 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 you'll get elected to serve the people. 
you know, and if you're not serving your people's interests, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in office at this point anymore. Now I'm like, yeah. I argue, say, I want to know when these rural constituents going to tell their representatives, you're not doing it for me anymore. I want to have health care. Because if you, if you just talk to them as just people, ask them what they're for, they're for what me and you are for, but they still vote against their own interests, which always blows my mind. I was campaigning in Georgia, blew my mind. Yeah, think about, man, even in rural Tennessee, look at this budget. What did this budget do for farmers in Tennessee? Nothing. Nothing. Maybe for corporate farmers, but for the, the, the mom and pop, the family farms that are still, the, the, the few that are still remaining here, what do we do for them? What are we doing to bring jobs to those areas? He keeps talking about broadband, expanding broadband, expanding broadband, doing all this stuff. It still hasn't been done. And he's been there, this is going to the third year. We still haven't done it. So what are you do, What are you really doing for those communities? That's what I'm asking. They got to wake up. And I, and I know that probably the people who need to hit us aren't the ones that probably be watching your show, <laughs> well, probably watching your show. But hopefully the message can get out. Really, what is this administration done for you? You know, well, the good thing about it is I got a station in Chattanooga, so they, I, I can get people to hear it in Chattanooga. Hey, I got a facility in Knoxville and Chattanooga, too. And I got one in Jackson and Brownsville. So I think they may hear it and they go to tell the people what's going on. Because like you said, man, it's crazy. And, you know, we have to be better as people. And and I feel like, you know, I'm, my job is with radio shows is to help people Tennessee and Georgia. So I have you on the show and people from Georgia on the show because I feel like people need to hear the truth because the political spin you hear from your representatives a lot of times are lies. But see, Vince is telling you the truth. So I'm telling you the truth. That's not political spin here. This is factual-based show here, people. So, like, it's not fake news. It's real news. We're trying to help the people. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And um, I just want people to realize that, man, just – I, I don't know. It's something happened over this last administration, the previous administration. It's just that the, the attitude just changed in this country, man. And we've just been at each other's throats. And, you know, everybody just wants to live, man. I just think most people just want to be safe. They want to be able to take care of their family. And, you know, they just want to be happy. And we're not affording them that, 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 that luxury in life right now. That's what we should be doing. And um, it, it saddens me, but it also is what drives me. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment because, I, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm here and it's easy to get discouraged at what you see and be like, man, I just don't see the light. I just don't see how we're going to make a difference. But that's what drives me because I can't let Tennessee continue down this path, man. I, have, I, I don't, I don't want to say I feel like I'm the savior, but I know that it has to start somewhere. I may not see it. I may not be here, um, you know, when it when the tide changes. But I want to be. I want to be the catalyst for change in order to be like, you know what, man, Tennessee is a great place to live. It's a great place for businesses. It's a great place to raise your kids. That's where. That's what I want it to be. Because Tennessee is. It can be that. And we are. We you know in the South, you know, people used to always speak to each other. That was what they all say. And when you're in the South, everybody speak to each other. Like, hey, you don't even know each other. You walk down the street. Hey, how you doing? We don't even do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You got that right, Vincent. I'm going to ask you, man, you know, like, for us, like, you're, you're a colleague, Mr. Mr. Lafferty, man. I, I mean, I, I, I got a call about that, too, from a constituent in Williamson County who told me that slavery, all slave masters, slave owners were not bad people. And this compromise was good for, for, for black people. I said, in what world? 
I said, you can't tell me that a slave owner is a good person. He's he's owning my people, whipping them. They didn't pick enough cotton or whatever for that day, but they were good people. And they forced, they used Christianity as a proxy to control them, keep them alive so they wouldn't run, run away. But you're going to tell mm -hmm. me that Mr. Laffey is correct and that all slave owners were not bad people. This is why in Franklin, Franklin Tennessee, uh, uh, Vincent, who goes to a church in Franklin, I won't name the church, but it's very, it's a sister, this is a pastor there, but told me, called me, told me that I'm wrong and that I'm perpetuating propaganda and fraud trying to divide people by my comments. Well, yeah, well, that, that's unfortunate that someone thinks that. And yeah, you know, and, and Representative Lafferty <clears throat> was very off the mark um, there because I, honestly, you know that that was never written in any book. There was never he never learned that in any school. What that comes from is he learned that from a trusted source. And that trusted source was his daddy, granddaddy, uncle, somebody in his circle said that to him and he took that as the gospel and, and, and ran with it. Because even this, even if you look at it on the outside, three-fifths of a man, what why did they do that? Why was that company? It was it was done in order for the South to have more representation in the political world. So they can, it was an economic driver for them. Had nothing to do with ending slavery. I don't even know how you could even equate that. I, I don't even know in his mind how he came up with that, um, but it's crazy. And you know, and if that, and if that, that goes to show you that even to this day, that they still don't look at you and me as an equal. Correct. They don't look at me as a man. They don't look at you as a man. They still think we're less than. And until the, they have that reckoning with themselves that everyone is equal. So like, when, you know, when, they, when in the declaration it says all men were created equal, except for black people. Exactly. Right. Um, so when that was written, black people didn't have a voice in this country. We were slaves when that was written. Right. Um, so, you know, they kidnapped us from our countries, brought us over here. And that's why um, we built America. That's what made it because you had you know, 100 years of free labor. Yes. And so you, you so you can build a bigger economic base when you have free labor. Just imagine if I had a job and I, didn't, I had a company and I didn't have to pay any of my work, but I kept to keep, I got to keep all the, the profits. Yes. You know, that's why they're so, so far ahead. And if you can't rec recognize that, that, you know, you have an advantage because the color of your skin, then, you know, you have to do a real hard look at yourself. Um, because that it is, you know, and I was having last session, I had a, um, a, a conversation with one of my colleagues that was beside me. It was right after the George Floyd. So he saw that I was struggling with this. Right. And, and, and he was nice. We had a good conversation and he was like, you know, I was raised poor too. And I, you know, I was, you know, Cumberland County, whatever it was, you know, in East Tennessee. And, he, and I was like, you know, he knew, everybody knows my story, you know, that I was raised in a single parent home and my mom never made over $28,000. And I asked him, I was like, listen, yes, you were born poor or you live poor, you were poor, but you are six, four, good looking white guy. Your chance is going to always be better than mine. I said, would you trade places with me? Would you rather be black and poor or white and poor? He was like, well, I never thought about that. Because there's a difference. Yes. There's a difference. Um, and if one is, you know, it's a, it, your, your opportunities are different. You know, and it's like, we don't, you know, for, for a lot of 
us to make it, to do something, what I call make it. We work hard, but it's also somebody gave us a chance, right? Somebody had to give a, a black person a chance in order for us to get to that next level. When it doesn't come to athletics, you know, it, 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 we had to, somebody had to give us a chance. And then in, in most times, you know, I'm not saying the white people don't work for some things they got, but they, they, they get a, a little extra because somebody in their family knows somebody or somebody knows, you know, we, we see a lot of that stuff up here. And then and especially even when I'm here in the state legislature, legislature, I see a lot of my colleagues, they, you know, you think that, oh, yeah, they may not know. And you realize and you find like their uncle was state reverend, their dad was, you know, and they say, oh, this is the family business. You know, this is what this is. And you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, but like for me, I, I didn't I didn't have a, a, a vertical line and to become, I wasn't groomed to be a state representative. So sometimes I say, I may speak broken English. I may curse a little bit, but my heart is pure in what I want to do here and what I want to accomplish. And it's not about me at all. I have no aspirations to do anything other than what I'm doing right now. And I don't know how long I can do that. Voters can vote me out next time, right? But while I'm here, I'm going to be impactful because I don't have time to sit on a bench and wait for somebody to put me in the game. I'm in the game. I'm here. It's game time, you know? I don't even have time to warm up. I just got to take off my tiger suit and get in. Yeah, they're right. Well, I'll make sure you be around. If I got to do it, I'll make sure you're around. <laughs> you know, right, I appreciate it. I'll make, I sure, you I'll make sure you're around. If I got to do it, <laughs> you know, hey, vote for Vince and Dixie, not nobody else. I'll make sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you vote for the other, uh, other person, you ain't friends no more. <laughs> so, nah, we'll be fine, man. but yeah, Vince, like you said, man, it's crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had a conversation with somebody in my organization here about, look, a lot of you all talk about white world problems. Like, you know, something I don't understand about. You worrying about, you know, the, the color of your grass, some plants. I'm worried about going, if I go to Publix, I'm, I'm going to get fouled today. I'm going to get shot at Quitcher today. Like, everywhere I go, my head on swivel. That's that's the, that, that's the difference between me and you. Like, I can't worry about, oh, my God, the, the email didn't come in. I don't give a damn. I'm worried about surviving the day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I say, like, I say, you all have what I call white world issues. So I don't worry about work past work. I worry about surviving the day. I tell you, is this, this gear I have on? I'm just a black man in Georgia, on Tennessee, wherever I'm at. I can't worry about an email not coming in. Or I didn't get enough sales today. I could care less. I want to make it to my home and say, be safe in the suburbs of Atlanta. I ain't worrying about it. And that's like sometimes, and, 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 and I, I hate that this world is that way, but you're, you're, people's perception of you is how you dress. So, you know, when I have on my suit and tie, my bow tie, and I'm looking nice, you know, people, they treat me a little different. But when I'm dressed in my hoodie and my black jeans and my Jordans, and they're like, oh, you know, they look right past me because they don't know what's going on with me. You know what I mean? I'm just a regular black man at that point. But, you know, we, we got to get past this in this country, man. I, I believe that we can do it. I'm hopeful. That's why that I'm, I'm in this position. That's why I'm, I'm here working as hard as I can, because I know that we can do better. I just I have to believe that if I don't, if I don't believe that, then man, we might as well just all throw our hands in and just quit. But I'm not a quitter. I hear that. That's yeah. what I have for this, man. ETSU again, man. The emails came out, man. And I'm like, Lord, like, it's, oh. it's shameful how Mr. Nolan buckled the pressure when Coach mm -hmm. Shea 
held it down. And, you know, Vincent, I've been approached about having Dez Alvaro on my show. My stance is still the same. I ain't talking to him. He's a pawn and a shield for a PR ploy. Because we saw in emails from the, from the four-year request what you are about. Mm -hmm. You buckle to that pressure and put force out a good man in, in Coach Shea for standing up for his players. You mm -hmm. allow state representatives and state senators to get in your business and mm -hmm. coach and pretty much give you that quid pro quo. If you don't do this, you will mess with your funding. So now, nah, Vincent, like I said, mm -hmm. he ain't coming on my show, and I still don't respect Nolan or the AD because it was just BS mm -hmm. what happened to Coach Shea. Yeah, it's interesting um, because <clears throat> ETSU got the most funding um, of any state school. We got $100 million in funding. And I know it's been, a long, it's been in the works for a while, um, but they had $100 million in funding. And like I told Coach Nolan, I mean, uh, President Nolan, is that if the state senators could have done something to impact your funding, they would have done something way worse than wrote a letter. They would have went back and, and figured out a law how to close ETSU. You know, and what what hurts me so bad is because we sit where this where I sit at this at this at Cordell Hall. I sit on the corner of Martin Luther King and John Lewis Way mm -hmm. and Rosa Parks Boulevard. We're almost boxed in, right? And we sit here and we have put these bills out here that prevent protesting, try to discourage protesting, and we do it. They do it in a peaceful manner. And if you kneeling in something, normally kneeling shows reference, you know, and it's the, the, and, and so that's not happy. So when you keep saying they shouldn't be kneeling, they're being disrespectful. You're telling me that you just don't want to hear what the problem is. You've got your mind made up. I'm going to keep my, I'm going to dig my heels in this mud, in this dirt, because I don't really care what bothers you. I don't care. I know that there's, you don't even acknowledge that there is a problem out there of black and brown people being killed at an alarming rate. You don't care. You're just saying, this flag. Black people bled for this flag too. Yes. Now, let me, let me show you this flag. Let me, show you, let me, let me take you over here. Let me see. Let's see. Don't want to get me over here. Now. This flag right here. Mm -hmm. they, they, they died for this one too, right? Yes. So, obviously, I have one in my office. So we have to do better, man. You know, let's let's get to the root cause. Let's stop dilly-dallying around on the peripheral stuff. Let's get to it, man. We know that, that it's it's not about uh somebody disrespecting the flag. Because how many times have people said it's not about disrespecting the flag? But it's, so if you still are on using that as an argument, you are the problem. Yes. You and, are the problem. And Petra Chisel Vincent, as you know, is used as a proxy for the high racism. It's always been that way. Racism has always been a way to hide racism. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's a shame. And, you know, here in Georgia, like I said, you know, when they play the anthem at the Hawks games, I, I don't stand for that. I'm sitting down. I'm not doing it, you know, and people have got See, to that's get used dis to it. That's disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm for my people. First of all, I tell people, I say, I'm a black man first. You know, <laughs> I'm a black man first. And I got to represent my people, man. And like I said right earlier, I feel when I take off my gear here, I miss Jr. in Georgia. <laughs> right, but no, man. You know, we and and, and I like the bill that we had, and it, and it, and this is the crazy part: the bill that where uh, Representative Lafferty was speaking on. It was House Bill Five Eighty, and it was basically saying you can't teach the negative side of anything. You have to teach an unbiased side. So basically, if you want 
talk about uh, uh, Forrest. Uh, yeah, I don't even, it's how unimportant that I think his name is, that leader of the KKK. I, can't, I, don't, I don't even dedicate his name yeah. uh, to remember. Yeah, that, that, that joker from Pulaski. <laughs> right. So you can, you can, instead of saying that he owned slaves, he sold, he made millions of dollars of, of slave trading, um, you know, basically trafficking, human trafficking. He, he, you can't say anything. You can just say he was a war hero or oh. he was, a, you know, so and we can't do that. And the reason why that, that bill was so upsetting and they tried, we, what we have to realize that, that the Republicans are good at race baiting and creating cultural wars, right? And they, they, they made it about uh, a concept of, of, of critical race theory, right? Which they, and they said you can't teach that in K through 12. Number one, they don't teach that in K through 12. They don't even teach that in college. You, exactly. It depends on what law school you go to, whether they might teach it there. So they've created a solution for a problem we don't have. And people get all riled up, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And they don't even take the time to just research. All you can do is Google it real quick and be like, hey, is it taught in K through 12? Oh, that's not that's a non-issue. Let's back up. You know, but they make it an issue and they and they get people riled up on that's what they have done here. They found solutions for problems. You know, here last week, you know, we lost a, a dear person that was that that meant a lot and, and opened a lot of doors, not only for black women, but for black people in general. The first yes. African American um female senator in Tennessee, um, Senator Thelma Harper, which is you know, she was she was a, a, a friend and, and dare I say, like a mother figure to me. We passed a bill here that would have criminalized her for just trying to stop them from expanding a dump in the black community. She got in the streets and stopped cars from coming, trucks from entering that facility. So we just passed a bill that would make her a criminal. Or if that truck driver wanted to hit her, he wouldn't have been, been a, he wouldn't have, he would have had immunity. So it's those type of things that are saying that and when you when you look at one bill, it might not be bad, but you look at the totality of all the bills together, they're very oppressive and they're very we have created a, a different type of Jim Crow laws. It, it's just it's not instead of saying how many marbles do you have in the jar, <laughs> you know, how many bubbles in this bar of soap, it's just it's just a little bit different to vote, you know. And we just got to do better, man. We have we have living history around here. We lost that that you know Senator Harper. She fought for, and it's, I think it's my duty to continue that fight for her. You know, to make sure that we can do it. And I'm still battling the Bordeaux dump over there. I don't know if you heard they um, that um, waste management is suing um, Matt. You know, oh, yeah. but, so not only are they saying they're suing it to say that they want to expand, they're saying that uh, Nashville shouldn't even have a solid waste program to eliminate. <laughs> the waste, uh, you know, uh, to eliminate, you know, um, future waste. So, you know, it's like well, sometimes we put our dollar and our ambitions over what's right. And um, I, I don't, I'm okay. Even if I don't make it, if I, if my income level never increases, I'm okay. I can, whatever, I'm, whatever guy gives me, I'm going to make it okay. I'm going to be all right. But there's some people that I feel like I have to fight for because they need somebody, they need a voice, right? And there's nothing that somebody can offer me that's going to change or deter me from doing what's right. It's just not. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. But Vincent, thank you for your time, brother. It was fun to catch up with you. Give it to us again in June, man. I do this again yeah. in June. Yeah, well, one 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 reason why I can't ever do anything that's wrong, because I got people like you that's gonna be like, hey man, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> I will hit you on text like, yo, bro, what's this, bro? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? Like, no, oh man, you're right. So I got too many people that I care too much about. That, that mean too much to me, that pour too much into me in order for me to let them down. But yeah, definitely, man, we always get, you know, we got to talk once a month, man. Get I got to have an outlet too, you know what I mean? So I got to I gotta start getting back in the gym too. So that'll be my outlet. And then this is also my verbal outlet because I'm not going to stroke out for nobody. Man, wait, <laughs> hey, wait, 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 I got a court in the backyard, Vincent. Come on, I got a court in the backyard. Get, get on the court and hoop a little bit, man, in the backyard, man. <laughs> Right, man, I gotta do something, man. I got. I want to be around for a while, you know. Got there, right, man. Well, hey, soon as these Hawks playoffs end, man, I'll be up there for a little while, man. I get away from Atlanta for a little while, man. I spend my, I spend my off season in Nashville. I gotta get away from Atlanta. I gotta. All right. I gotta, I gotta, we'll definitely, we'll definitely hang out, man. I definitely look forward to it. No doubt. Well, that's my rip. It's Dixie on the Boss Man Show, Tennessee Democratic House Chair, and representing District Fifty Four, the best one in the, in the land. Fifty Four, we got it going on. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.